0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 13, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we're on page 156, the third paragraph. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Tenzin P., The Twelve Traditions, Matt M., and reading the text are Vinnie T., Susan H. and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Monday, November 12th are for the 7 a.m., 12,167. That's 12,167. And for the 10 a.m., 12,169. That's 12,169. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin
1: P to read the 12 Steps. Good morning, everyone. Um, Tenzin P checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin. I will now ask Matt M to read the Twelve Traditions.
2: Good morning, KDF. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The Twelve Traditions: Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is the one ultimate authority, a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are with trusted servants who do not govern. Three, the only requirement for all membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four. Each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group should have but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive over eater who still suffers. Six, the group ought to never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less money, less problems of money, property, and diverse from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought to never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion to outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12 anonymity the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles of our personalities thank you
0: thank you matt how our meeting works our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of alcoholics anonymous we read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share what was on what was read anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 156, the third paragraph, where it says, but life was not easy for the two friends. Reading through five paragraphs, ending on page 157, uh, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. And I will, and we will be commenting on all five paragraphs or part thereof. Um, And I will ask Vinnie T to begin reading, please. Uh, Good morning. Am
3: I heard? Yes. All right. Thank you. Uh, But life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. One day they called up the head, of the head nurse of a local hospital. They explained their need and inquired if she had a first-class alcoholic prospect. She replied, yes, we've got a corker. He's just beaten up a couple of nurses, goes off his head completely when he's drinking. But he's a grand chap when he's sober, Though so he's, he's been here eight times in the last six months understand he was once a well-known lawyer in town but just now we've got him strapped down tight here was a prospect all right by the description none too promising they used the use of spiritual principles in such cases was not so well understood as it is now but one of the friends said put him in a private room we'll be down Two days later a future fellow of alcoholics anonymous stared glassily at the strangers beside his bed. Who are you fellows and why are you why this private room? I always I was always in a ward before. said one of the visitors. We're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> what I am reminded of is um where it says uh keeping spiritually active um there it's so
4: hard with
3: with overeaters to you know to find people um we can't just simply go up to them on the street or or go to the hospital and find them and and do these kind of things um so what i'm thinking about is is how uh we struggle to keep our meetings going. Um, I went to one last night uh, 40 miles away in the rain, and the dark, and uh, it was scary, you know, both directions, getting there and getting home. But I do it because um, the, you know, having the availability of the meetings being listed uh, on, on the website, uh, Voter Readers Anonymous for the, you know, telephone uh, directory and everything, it's so important to be there. Just be there. And um I guess that's that's all I've got to say on that. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Vinny. So if you just joined us in the last five minutes, we're on page one fifty six. We read through five paragraphs, starting with, But life was not easy. So who would like to share on these paragraphs? Si-
5: Siobhan. Siobhan. This is
0: Larry.
5: Magda- Magdalena W. Harlan G Larry
0: Kay. Okay, just one second. Magdalena and um sorry, let me get that one written down. And Harlan. Okay, who
1: else? Judith R. Judith R. Lisa J. Lisa J. Let's take one more.
0: Okay, let's go with this. We have Siobhan, Larry K, Magdalena, Harlan G, Judith R, and Lisa J. Go ahead, please, Siobhan.
6: Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so I'd like to comment on the first uh, on the first two sentences. But life was not easy for the two friends. So. You know, but we're told that while life might not be, we we know from practical experience, while life not may not be easy after we've recovered, which can happen so quickly. Um, in in my case, five days, you know, after struggling for 47 years, and and it, and um. But we told on 86 at the same time. While life not may not be easy, we do not struggle. We take it easy. So um, so life while life can be challenging, we can actually be completely in acceptance for 17 to 418 if we're, if we're, and, and that's, um, and also it says, you know, but we must be spiritually active, keep spiritually active. And that was the key, um, that I thought that steps was a destination, but it's not, it is a lifestyle. And here's how it works for me. I get up and I, and I, I get up and I uh, do page 86. And upon awakening, it tells me precisely how to wake up, how to ask God to divorce because I'm a, I'm selfish by nature, but, but not anymore. God, 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 has removed my selfishness and, and replaced it with this addiction to want to help other people. Um, it didn't happen. I didn't do that. People say, "Oh my God, you're." You give, I didn't do any of this. It, it 86 is how I wake up. Then I pause when agitated. If something comes up, I immediately ask God to re, to remove my whatever's come up and replace it, with, redirect my thinking and my action to others. Step ten, boom, and then I'm um, I seek conscious contact with God by meditating, but. Um, but also by const- constantly turning to God every time something comes up, go right into acceptance, four seventeen to four eighteen, and then you know. But this is a constant. It's a. It's like a triangle for me. My program is. Trust God. Clean house. Help others. Trust God. I can't afford to have those dishes pile up anymore. And I used to be a big dish piler, you know, but I'd throw them under the sink because I didn't want you to see what I was eating. You know, if I even ate at home, but most of the garbage evidence was in other people's garbages anyway. But, you know, and, and so it's a constant. We must keep spiritually active. This is not like a gym where you go once a day, maybe once a week or whatever. This is every second. This is like every single second to the extent I want to keep free. Tells us page 89. Nothing will so much ensure immunity from our next binge as intensive work with others. That's why it's, inten- it's got to be that intense. You know, but we can be that free. It is amazing. And I and I'm and I'm a recovered available sponsor, and I would love to bring people to freedom, help to the bridge them. I don't bring anybody, God does, but I would love to help you. Um, this this we must keep spiritually active. If you are struggling. If you are struggling, I would, I, would, I, 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 would, I would lovingly suggest you to read these precise instructions. Go back to page 12, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 7, working with others. Read those. There's precise instructions how to work with others. We don't have to freak out. It tells us exactly how to work with others, and it tells us that there's no immunity like working with others. So that's why we have to work with others. And, and through others, we, 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 we grow so much spiritually um, in our program. Thank you. I, I, I pass.
0: Thank you, Siobhan. And Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Magdalena.
7: Thanks so much, Katie. Appreciate your service this morning and everyone on the line.
5: You know, it's, it says we're giving
7: you a treatment for – they were giving this guy a treatment for alcoholism. See, for a guy like me, um, I didn't fit in very well, and I was really drowning in a pool of my own misery. And this program – you know, one of the things that made this program so very attractive to me is because I wanted to fit. I wanted to be no longer uh, separate, but a part of, because even being abstinent on a diet, let's say, yet full of resentment and fear and self-loathing and all those things, that was more painful for me than being high on, you know, Tootsie Rose or something. You know it was more painful.
5: And I can't
7: will or wish away my selfishness any more I, than I could have willed or wish away the uh, 100 extra pounds I was carrying around. And, you know, what occurs to me as we're, we're studying this chapter entitled A Vision for You, you know, I've heard, I've heard it said that, that none of this means anything until it means something to you. In other words, until I'm able to personalize this stuff, I'm going to, consi- you know, continue to pursue this program of action with the same enthusiasm, maybe the same vigor that I, you know, like a, a, a visit to the dentist. And as long as these steps and traditions are just some vague set of rules for for others, they're not going to mean much to me. But when I begin to personalize this stuff, this guy at some point on the bed there, he began to personalize this stuff and he began to take action. And then before you know it, a couple, couple of other people became important to him and his selfishness diminished. And then his world became bigger because his heart became bigger. See the extraordinary thing is lives begin to change everywhere when we come together. We come together on this line. We share this message of hope. That's why someone in Arkansas or Alaska can help a, a you know can help a, a dope like me in Chicago. See, because you're teaching me how to implement the steps. It's all in the execution, right? It's not in the neglect or the abandonment of the instructions. It's in the execution. And our unity will be all, will always spring out of our devotion to the singleness of purpose. What is it? Helping those. How do we execute this stuff? I like listening to Harlan and others because they tell me and they teach me how to execute this stuff, not how to feel better, how to execute. You know what's true still true for me today? Rarely have I seen a person recover who has thoroughly neglected this path. I'm going to accept my finite disappointments. They're never, you know, they're, they're a part of life. But I'm never, I'll never lose the infinite hope found in this execution, of these steps, this pathway, because it's transformed my heart and my world has gotten bigger. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie.
1: Thank you, Larry. Okay, Magdalena, you're up, followed by Harlan G. magdalena starwanda unmute
5: hello magdalena from the uk thank you um, thank you compulsive overeater uh, blimic and restrictor uh well the bit one bit that stood out for me was uh the bit where it says the man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind This has reminded me of myself. This is what I did with food. I can remember being in the rooms of open AA meetings over the years and looking at the recovered AAs and thinking, how do they look so well? How do they look so well? I don't look as good as they do. Um, And this is to do with the program I was in. And it's not until I came into food program that I just started to recognize how injurious my way of eating through my life has been to me so serious binging and bulimia and anorexia when i was young and now a tendency to restrict it's affected my body it's affected my my kidneys my liver my adrenal glands my hair my teeth my nails my gums so i looked at myself and i think well yeah i don't look as well as that recovered alcoholic so that really speaks to me so you know I know that we are promised physical as well as spiritual recovery in the book you know and I um, I hope for that but also as it says here at the beginning you know I don't have hopelessness anymore I'm full of hope and the hope does come from practicing the 12th step and you know being uh, spiritually active in my life and in my program ready be able to carry that message which might be a phone call a word a hug it might be simply living a principled life and being attractive as I go about my day these are the this is the discipline that I've taken on in working the 12 steps it will never stop I will be doing this for the rest of my days I will fail sometimes my character defects will come to the fore but then every day I've got an opportunity with steps 10 and 11 to talk to people, to reason out, to, to try again, to put those things right with the help of the God of my understanding. Um, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Magdalena. Okay, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Judith R.
8: Thank you very much, Katie, and thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Tuesday. If I sound a little sick, it's because I am. Uh, this is Harlan G. am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's take a look at the sentence on page 156, which is the second sentence of the paragraph we started at. And it said, plenty of difficulties presented themselves. What were those difficulties? Those difficulties were A, staying sober themselves, and B, they had the knowledge from the Oxford group And they had the knowledge from their own experience that they must pass this on, but to whom? Because AA was not a national institution. AA didn't even exist at that time, because we are now talking about June of 1935. They were in the Oxford Group. And let's take a look here at this time frame. Let's jump up to page 157. It said two days later. So they let him dry out for two days, not two years, not two months, not two weeks. Two days later, a future fellow of Alcoholics Anonymous stared glassily at the strangers beside his bed. Those strangers were Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson. And if you listen to some of Bill Dotson, and Bill Dotson is the man on the bed. Bill Dotson was an attorney and he was running for public office right after this occurred, and his alcoholism was used against him in the election, and he lost, but he still didn't drink. But aside from that, he says, who are you, fellas? He didn't know. And why this private room? I was always in a ward before. He actually thought he was dying. He thought that the reason that they put him in a private room is because he was dying and he was scared. And they used that fear to wake him up. And what we have here is probably the most important person in the world at that time because Bill and Bob didn't know if this was a fluke or not. Was Bob's sobriety a fluke? No, because when it worked with Bill Dotson, they knew they were onto something. And throughout this book, Throughout this book, it says, when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. These guys, Bill and Bob, were out there for their own sobriety and they found Bill Dotson and his sobriety proved to be a miracle. And Bill Wilson said all of his life, he said, as much as me and Bob, Bill Dotson was as much a founder of AA as there was in the world and Bill Dodson's sobriety sprung them onto the idea that they were definitely onto something and that saved my life and all the lives of people who are recovered today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Harlan. Judith R., it's your turn, followed by Lisa J.
9: Thank you, Katie. This is Judith R. in Brattleboro, Vermont recovered compulsive overeater and compulsive restrictor. Thank you so much. <clears throat> when I was reading this this morning before we came on, I read the words spiritually active. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active and before going on to the next sentence, I thought, "Oh, oh, I'm going to read about their prayer life. Maybe they started praying together." I haven't read this in a long time. I don't I didn't remember what was coming next and I was so surprised when it said one day they called up the nurse the head nurse of a local hospital so their spiritual activity was not prayer it was going to the hospital and finding another drunk and um i just need to look at my life and thank god thank god i finally have learned to to meditate um after many years of struggling to do so So, I'm not going to stop doing that, but I am going to look at um, am I being spiritually active in terms of reaching out to the fellow sufferers? And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Judith. Okay, Lisa J., it's your turn.
10: Good morning. This is Lisa J. I have a desire not to compulsively eat. And I'm so grateful for all the shares that have gone before. And thank you so much for your service this morning. Um, I'm really grateful that I can see myself in all of these people. And I can see myself in, you know, Dr. Bob's beginning of early sobriety. You know, like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Why do we have to do this? What do we do when we get there? How do we know what's going to happen? You know, I can see myself trying to predict what's going to happen. And then I can see myself um, being judgmental. And, you know, this guy who is wrapped down tight and walking in here and going, oh, my gosh, is there any hope for this guy? But then also realizing, seeing my reflection in that mirror, I can see myself as the guy that was being strapped down, waking up going, well, who are you guys and and, and why am I here? And, you know, something's different this time. I'm not where I'm usually. And that would be me waking up from a sugar buzz. Like, what did I do? Oh my gosh, what did I say? I can't really remember, but I know it wasn't good because any time I was in the food, it wasn't the food, it was just this disease that's inside of me. And I still wake up with that in the morning. So if I don't treat that with my vitamin O A, if you will, then I can walk around all day just because I'm not in a sugar fog, I can still walk around hurting people and acting like a selfish, self centered person. And so these This book teaches me, my sponsor helped me, Let's get right in and help people. It doesn't matter if I'm completed with the steps. I can still make outreach calls. There's things I can do for service. And so it's right from square one. It's right from day one. When I enter in, page 77 tells me I'm to be of maximum service to God and my fellows. And these steps help work me toward that goal. But in the meantime, I can still practice. Even if I'm not there yet, I can still practice step 11. I can still practice step 12. Um, And my sponsor helps me me through that so I need someone to walk through that with me because I don't know what to do yet but I do know one thing that when I'm out of the food I'm clear to see what needs to be done with all those feelings that I have inside that I never knew how to deal with except for eating food so now I have a power greater than myself that's not food that power greater than myself can teach me how to live my life on every level no matter which person I see myself in thank you with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Okay, so if you've just joined us in the last 20 minutes, um, we are on page 156 of the third paragraph, but life was not easy, and we read through five paragraphs, ending on page 157. We're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. Who else would like to share?
1: Barbara E. Kim, Barbara e.
0: Kim W. Kim, Kim G. E. Leslie W. DeVara S. Deborah S, okay. Anyone
1: now?
0: Patty D. Patty D. Okay, that's a good group. I have Barbara E, Kim G, Leslie W, Julie E. P., Deborah S. and Patty D. So if you are not Barbara E, please mute your phone and go ahead, Barbara. Oh. Someone thank is singing.
11: May may I be heard? Yes. Oh good. I heard someone else there too. Well, I can so relate to Bill Dobson Alcoholic Number 3 on page 182 in our stories. He, too, came from a normal, happy family. He began drinking at 8. I, too, was born to an average middle-class family, but I was overeating from the time I was a toddler. Why? I liked it. It felt good. As a tweener, that 13 or so, my mom started taking me to a diet doctor for weekly shots and pills that made me high. Didn't know what it was at the time. As an adult, I ran from program to program, always losing the weight and insanely thinking I now knew enough to do it on my own. And failing time after time. What insanity. My disease was throwing dust in my eyes, telling me lies. At one point, I was indeed losing my eyesight due to morbid obesity and a medication. And the neurosurgeon suggested having my jaw wired shut because when he tried to do a spinal tap to determine if I had a brain tumor, he had great difficulty finding the space between my vertebrae. He suggested, as I said, something really severe. That scared me straight for a while, but my malevolent disease of body and mind led me back to the food. So when I crawled into OA in 1996, I was told all I needed was a sponsor to call every day with my food. Now I knew it. All I needed was a sponsor. I was also told to go to at least One face-to-face meeting a week and use all the tools. And that was the magic formula. I did get abstinent, but I certainly wasn't happy. My past history told me I would eventually go back to the food. So there I was, mean-spirited, resentful, judgmental, and full of fear that I'd regain all my 100 pounds plus. After all, I'd lost a 100 pounds nine times before I got to O.A. Yes, indeed, something was missing. Why didn't I feel better? Why couldn't I trust myself and you? Finally, someone in program took me aside and suggested I needed a power outside myself, the rooms and my sponsor to help me, and she said it was God. I scoffed. Certainly she was crazy. What did God have to do with my eating issue? But she did seem very happy and she was very convincing. So, like Bill D learned from Bob, Dr. Bob, and Bill W, I finally had to accept the remote possibility that she might be on something. Thank you so much. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Tim G, you're up,
12: followed by Leslie W. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim J, a a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from South Jersey. I loved, you know, the must, must, must keep spiritually active, which is 10 and 11, and they explain their need, which is step 12. You know, you know often when I get phone calls, the first question I ask someone is, well, where are you in the steps? And I often hear, well, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. And I know I said that all the time, not understanding what 10, 11, and 12 even was. Because what I really was, was I was living in restless irritable discontent. So what did I think? This is my experience. What did I think step 10, 11, and 12 was before I I started to study this beautiful book? I thought step 10 was to call people and talk about my feelings. Because I was told I'd have to share it or wear it. In step 11, I thought that was a list at night that I would make up where I was a good girl and where I was a bad girl. And I would say the serenity prayer, you know, 40 times a day. And then step 12 was I was someone's diet buddy taking their food, and I was their life coach telling them what to do. And I think about it now, and I kind of laugh, because in step one I'm being told and I'm accepting that my life is unmanageable, yet in step 12 I was trying to manage other people's lives. So what does it mean, what they're talking about, staying spiritually active and their need to carry this message? Step 10 is, to me, the right now step. I have done four through nine, I've learned a skill set, and now the jerk's right in front of me. How do I get free from those resentments and those fears? Step 11 is actually three practices. It's an evening routine where I review my day constructively and ask for direction. It is a, where I think about it, proactively um, doing step 11 in the morning, where I'm asking God to be free from those defects that that haunt me. And it's also pausing throughout the day, taking my spiritual temperature, seeing how Locked in, I am with my higher power. And then step twelve is I'm carrying this message, this message of the twelve steps, not my message, not a diet, not telling people how to run their lives. You know, on page eighty nine it says, it says, um, practical experience shows that no, so much that no one uh, we will not get immunity from drinking with intensive work with other alcoholics. I like to flip that up. Practical experience showed then that if you don't work with others, you eat again. I know I was scared to sponsor, but I have to tell you, after doing these steps, I was scared not to sponsor. And then this story that we're learning right now, it's also told in the forward to the second edition. I always love the line that says, when, he, when Bill carried this message to Bob, it says, this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another, alcohol, another alcoholic. could It indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. I wanted permanent recovery. I didn't want temporary respites. I didn't want it to be that a good year in a way was when I was absent more than I was an abstinent. And I'm going to end with this. I am convinced of two things right now. One is that I'm experiencing permanent recovery as long as I'm linked into these steps. And if I become unlinked with these steps, I am four days away from a relapse. And with that, I pass. Thank you,
13: Kim. Okay, Leslie W. It's your turn, followed by Julie E.P. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Um, this is Leslie W., recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Uh, life was not easy for these two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Whew! Yeah, putting putting the food down, getting abstinent is just the beginning, right? Um, <clears throat> we talk about that a lot on this line. And the only way that has worked for me to stay in a recovered state of mind and body is to keep spiritually active. How do I keep spiritually active? Well, I practice these steps. And for me, practicing these steps is always going to involve getting out of myself. That 12th step for me, you know, I used to think the most important thing was for me to have that prayer and meditation time every single day. And it is. However, if I don't carry this message to another compulsive overeater, I'm not going to stay in a recovered state of mind and body. That is how I stay spiritually active. The only way I know. To ensure my recovery is by doing service. And there is something sacred about getting on the phone with another fellow sufferer and sharing hope, experience, and strength, and sharing the solution. And that is the quickest way for me to get out of any funk that I'm in. And I put my big girl britches on, and I carry this message, y'all, because that is the only thing that works. And I'm so thankful for all of you today. I'm thankful for this this message, these people, these people on this line, visions for you. God bless you. Have a great day, everybody. I pass. Thank you, Leslie. Okay,
4: Julie E.P., you're up, followed by Deborah F. Hi, this is Julie E.P., gratefully recovered um, compulsive overeater here in Colorado. Uh, (laughs) Very cold this morning and full of snow. Um, I just uh, just love the simplicity of these first couple sentences. um, When it tells me, that, okay, so, uh, but life was not easy for the two friends. Plenty of difficulties presented presented themselves. Here's what I like about that. This is a picture, the vision for you, a chapter of what life can be like uh, in recovery, um, living in recovery, living recovered. And uh, unlike uh, Bill's story, um, unlike uh, previous chapters, uh, there there is no need to go into great depth or detail by this recovered fellow writing this chapter into what those difficulties were, who did what to whom, how they failed this person, uh, where this wrong happened, what they were afraid of, because they had Done this beautiful thing of putting down their addictive substance and moving through these pages and finding a spiritual awakening that showed them a different way to live, not for what they would get, but for what they would give. And somehow it wasn't some kind of magical um, transformation into some simple life. This is what they're telling us. Life still happens. Life still comes at me, certainly, with three teenagers and a full life. Uh, But there's no need for these recovered fellows to detail it anymore, because they don't want to live in the I, 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 I that's described in Bill's story, and more about alcoholism. Now they're living recovered. And so they get they see that they need to turn to the spiritual solution and they ask is there anyone that needs help today this is the question I can ask myself this morning oh yeah there's a real corker okay let's do it they didn't know what they're doing I don't know what I'm doing today I've asked that selfish dishonest and self-seeking motives be uh, removed I know I'll fall into things I do fear inventory, resentment inventory, and harm inventory because the things I say and think, these things uh, come up. I have to stay connected to my higher power. But most of all, the spiritual solution keeps me out of I, 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 I. What happens when life presents difficulties? I turn my attention to those I can help. And sometimes those people close to me, but a lot of times, I can be time. a more happy usefulness with others. Thanks for letting me share. And I pass.
1: Thank you, Julie. Okay, Deborah S, you're up, followed by Patty D.
14: Thank you, Katie, and everyone on the line. Good morning. My name is Deborah S and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And wow, in just a paragraph before it was he he went around um um, doing his amends, you know, he he uh, he went around and apologizing for all the people that he had harmed throughout the years, uh, Bob, and then the next paragraph, it was, but life was not easy for the two friends, plenty of difficulties presented themselves, but both saw that they must keep spiritually active, so life doesn't end right there, we make our amends, but we got to keep pushing on, we got to keep you gotta keep moving and growing and um and spiritually fit. You know, I also thought so what are they gonna do? They're gonna sit down and pray and, 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 and just pray and, and see what you know what comes to them. No, spiritually fit is getting out of myself, being of service. How can I help another person? And um that is that's what this crux of the whole program is about, you know. You know, getting out of my, my my agenda and what I think I should be for everyone, you know, what I, how the world should be run, you know, we hear it so many times in this book, you know, the eyes, the eyes, the eyes, you know, everyone, you know, I'm the director and everybody should do what I want, but it's not that. It's how can I, how can I help another person? How can I get out of myself? How can I be of service? You know, destruction of ego, you know, and how the humility that these men showed over here, that they know it's not about them, it's about giving it away, helping another person. If I want to keep what I have, I have to give it away. And that's what, this has, that's what these paragraphs are showing us. Um, because they found something. They know it. They, they weren't drinking. Um, and they couldn't keep it to themselves. They had an obligation to help more people. And that's what they did. They put everything aside so that they can help another person. And that's what I need to do on a daily basis, it's not just keeping it. And I always thought, you know, that, oh, I'll lose the weight and I won't eat anymore. And life will be beautiful, but that's not true. Life happens. It's not easy. Things happen in life. It's not always smooth sailing, but there's a solution here. And the solution is getting out of myself, being available for others. And, and that's growth. And that, is, and that is getting spiritually fit. Um, because that's what God wants from me today. And um really grateful for these pages and for what it teaches me and with that I'll pass. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Deborah. Okay, now
15: we have Patty D. Hi, this is Patty D from uh am gratefully recovered from outside of Charlotte in rainy North Carolina. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Um Thank you so much for all the shares this morning, some great shares. Um, And, again, what struck me on this page was how they had great difficulties. And I loved what uh, Siobhan shared when she said she lives her life in a triangle um, with God, surrendering to God first, cleaning house, and then helping others. And I think that just summed everything up. So well because you know right now I'm just living in the gratitude of being recovered however um, I'm really struggling with some issues at home and what's keeping me recovered and away from the food is continually working the steps and staying on my side of the street and keeping that clean and it's not easy, it's hard, but I don't wanna go back to where I was. I wanna stay close to God and do what I'm responsible for. And so that's where sponsors come in and spoke with my sponsor last night who helped me so much. And sponsoring comes in, Um, just starting to sponsor someone and just helping someone else it's all about getting out of yourself and staying there and staying spiritually fit, just like it says today in the paragraph. Even though it was just a small part of what they said,
1: it's huge.
15: And it's helping me stay sane in a very difficult time in my life. And it's also helping me stay recovered. And it's so critical to help others that I can I just can't emphasize it enough. And when I first started the program, I was so hesitant to do that. I just, um, uh, it was hard, but it was just so important. So if there's anyone on the line struggling um, to do that, please just reach out to other people. We're here to help, and please help others in any way that you can, because that's the key. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Patty. Okay, we're on page 156. But Life Was Not Easy, the third paragraph, read through five paragraphs, ending at we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. We have time for uh, three more people.
2: What's well, what up? Jen A.
0: Russ, Jen, a.
14: Hi,
9: and Leah.
0: Okay. I'm sorry, Raquel, but we'll not be able to get you on this first hour, wow. but hopefully you can stick around. Okay, Russ M., go ahead. You're up. Followed by Jen A, then
16: Leah M. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, family. Uh, Russ Emery, covered compulsive over here outside of Philly. I'm going to make it quick. This passage, these paragraphs, just uh, hit me in the heart. And I'm so glad those guys were alcoholics, and they, they developed a solution. God gave them that inspiration to help one another and, and put this together, because I don't know where I would be. You know, I always say I probably be dead, but it's true. And this program, because someone shared with me, someone took the time to invest in me. I can live life again. Not not perfectly, but I can live life again. So that's you know that I, I was so scared to make an outreach call when I first came in, and then oh man, a sponsor. Uh, you know, I was really really fearful. But it changed me. It's making me a new man and uh, bringing me to potential that God wants out of me, but not what the world wants out of me. So I just wanted to share that. I'm grateful, and I love you guys. You know, I'm not saying anything else that anyone else did to say. It's just I had to get it off my chest. I appreciate you all. I love you.
1: Thank you, Russ. Okay, Jen A, you're up, followed by Leia.
17: Good Good morning. This is Jen A, recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Colorado. Um. Wow, strangers So you all were strangers to me, right? When I walked into these rooms <clears throat> There wasn't a hospital, there wasn't a bed But there was a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous And I walked in, just me, myself, and I In a room full of strangers And I sat down with you all And you opened up this literature And we looked at it, and we read it And it, it, it was like, literally I, I, I couldn't even tell you what it said It went in one ear and out the other And what I experienced was the fellowship of people sitting around me. People accepted me, and people told my story. Um, And and that was was how the beginning started for me. Um, Me, myself, and I walked into a room, and the first chapter starts out with we of Alcoholics Anonymous. You see, that capital M was turned upside down, upside down into a W. um, And that's what made me turn upside down. You all, you all walking hand in hand, showing me this fellowship, reading this big book line by line, explaining what the solution was, showing me in all your affairs and everything that we did together that you had this thing called recovery and I wanted it more than anything. I didn't want to live that way, dark and dreary and in the food and over a toilet anymore. And so there is a solution, and that's what's so beautiful. And you know what? I don't have to be like these gentlemen, Bill and Bob. I don't have to sit on a bed. But today I get to sit on a phone with others. And after meetings, I get to sit in a room in a chair with a newcomer and hear their story and share my experience, strength, and hope. Or I get to stand on a beach in California or in a hot tub in the Rocky Mountains. That's what That's what recovery is for me today. So I'm so glad that it's telling me exactly what I need to do. I must clean house, serve God, help others. And I'm going to do it because you know what? On page 164, we're going to see that they discovered the joy in helping others. And I know that to be true for myself today. And there's no better way to live in this program but than serving God and God's kids. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you,
0: Jan. Okay, Leah, um, you're up,
18: please. Thank you very much. But he's a grand chap when he's sober, though he's been in here eight times in the last six months. Uh, That reminds me that, uh, you know, hospitals, rehabs, detox centers, diets, weight loss programs aren't going to solve a problem like a real compulsive overeater has. Treating compulsive overeating with a diet is like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound the treatment isn't going to uh, be adequate for the condition. You know, it says, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. Bill W. and Dr. Bob had a focus, they had a goal, they had an objective because they had an experience. They knew the exact nature of their illness, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, And they understood that this Bill D was suffering from an illness which only a spiritual uh, experience, a spiritual awakening, was going to conquer. So, you know, they had an objective, and that's what a great, healthy meeting, an OA meeting such as A Vision for You has. We have a focus we have a goal, we have an objective, that the secret of these 12 steps is that indeed it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in personality, in character, and in values. This is way more than just abstinence. This is way more than just a simple elimination of allergic foods this is wholeness and soundness and restoration it's a reordered life it's a renewed life and so you know when we when we recover as a result of the transformation of these steps we're asked to practice these principles and to carry this specific message. I'm asked to go to meetings, whether on the phone or face-to-face, and carry the same message that has saved my life, to go to people who are still suffering and offering, often, most often, sadly, you find them to the left and to the right of you in the Overeaters Anonymous meeting to go to those people, to pick up the torch, and to be the one who carries the message, to be the guy who uh, passes on the torch of what was taught to me and so you know for that i'm so very grateful to understand that i've undergone a profound alteration my reaction to life as a result of these steps i've tapped into an unsuspected inner resource that i never knew existed and uh and it's with that focus objective and and goal that we carry the message today and with that i pass thanks Thank
1: you, Leah M., and we have one minute. Um, Raquel, if you'd like to jump in. Okay, well, I'm gonna just go
14: ahead and share. Okay, go ahead. Hello, and I I will call in the next hour. Thank you so much, be well.
0: Okay, well, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and end now. Um, Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, November 13th, is 12171. That's 12171. I'd like to thank everyone who helped with this meeting this morning Tenzin P, Matt M, Vinny T, Susan H, Barbara E for being in the wings. And then we will have Lisa B and Rebecca F coming up in the next hour. Um, We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
19: Hi, can you hear me, Katie? Yes. Okay, thank you for your service. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Ohio and grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.